Welcome back to another episode of Galaxy of Film. I'm your co-host Danilo, and before we jump into today's episode, I just want to give a big thank you to the Facebook group who have viewed Catalina's Curse, really enjoyed it. The feedback has been amazing. Thank you so much. I just want to say now it is available publicly on the Galaxy of Film Productions YouTube site, as well as galaxyoffilm.com. So be sure to check it out. The whole team did a great job. I wanted to thank Max for letting me show it. I wanted to thank my actor, my editor, the man who made the poster. Everyone along has just been a great ride. So be sure to check it out. And now for the main episode. You're listening to Galaxy of Film. Greetings, this is Nakari Holder coming at you live once again right about now from Galaxy of Film Headquarters podcasting territory. And today for Stream of the Week, I'm going to be covering a film called Crush Groove coming out in 1985 from the director of my favorite film of all time, The Last Dragon. This is sort of like a adaptation of the origin of Death of Def Jam Records. Um, Rick Rubin is in it, but it, it is also the first film appearance of Blair Underwood and has some famous musical artists appear in this movie like Sheila E, Run DMC, The Fat Boys, Curtis Blow, and some cameos by New Edition, and Beastie Boys, and what have you. This is a very entertaining film regardless of it being this biographical, semi-autobiographical movie, it doesn't overstay its welcome and knows exactly what it is. It feels like a musical in some parts, but it, 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 it does its job nonetheless. Go watch it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the brand new episode of Galaxy of Film Live. This week, we are talking about HBO's The Last of Us. I'm joined with my slightly shorter co-host, Danilo. How are you doing, man? I'm chilling, dude. I'm chilling. Good weekend. Good weekend. Good past few days. Mm. St. Paddy's Day was up. National holiday. Michigan State played basketball. Basketball was going on. Other basketball. So good time. Good time, man. Good time. Yeah, how was your, your St. Paddy's Day, man? What'd you do? It was alright, dude. Uh, friends came over, partied a bit over here, um, broke broke a pong table, broke a pong table. Really? Um, I was like, why not, dude? I was like, why the fuck not? I'm like, you know, I always see it. They all, people are always jumping on that, you know, breaking it in half. <laughs> and we did it, dude. We did it. Well, I did it. And then we did it again. We set it back up again. Then Haley jumped on it. And then I jumped on it again. And we, we just trashed it. We trashed it. Stained my carpet with water. Um, with water? Don't know. Yeah, don't know how carpet stains with water, but we managed to do that. Um, so yeah, no, that was fun. And then we went over and partied some more. Partied some more. And then I was introduced to a new, a new liquor. No, I don't know if it's a liquor, dude. It's like a seltzer. You know me, dude. I'm not a seltzer guy. I'm just yeah. usually just give me just the vodka or the tequila, man. And let me mm. mix that shit and call it a day. But for Hallie was like, you know what? I need some Cayman Jacks, dude. I'm like, well, I don't know what the fuck that is, but okay. So I go and I grab some. And we go out on Friday night. So Thursday, uh, no, Saturday night. I mean. We go out Saturday night then. We go out with my other friends to the bars. And I'm mm. like, all right, let me try some of these Cayman Jacks. Because I'm not trying to black out, you know, after like a, my bottle of, te of tequila or vodka, whatever I was feeling that night. 
Yeah. So I had like four of those came in jack suit. Oh, I was I was feeling good. I was feeling good. We then blacked out later in that night, though, after we went to the bar. You were texting me about that, man. How was uh, your yeah. blackout experience? It was day? fun, dude. It was really fun. Um, how was next day? It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> but the night of was fun, dude. We had about like six green tea shots in us in like okay. a matter of like an hour. Um, okay. So, yeah, no, we were chilling, dude. We were chilling. It blows my mind, though, that the only thing that has yet made me throw up, dude, was tequila because of my birthday and then halloween because i thought for sure sunday morning came around i was gonna be yakking really oh yeah it was a lot it was a lot that we drank that day dang man i also went out drinking for saint patty's at this uh, little dive bar actually my girl that was an experience dude i had um oh. i almost texted you about this brian well, obviously we had other guest stars oh. for our listeners oh. on the podcast but for the live stream viewers here live for us clearly you guys see we got brian from drink the movies here and we got our man brandon from galaxy of film as well but I almost texted you about this, Brian. This was uh, like a music theme bar, you know, kind of like oh, the, okay. the flip the script for you guys got going on at Drink the Movies. Yeah. So, you know, me being a big like No Doubt fan, I mean, No Doubt was my first concert. Of course, I had to go ahead to get myself a Hollaback Girl, which was incredible, dude. <laughs> yeah, absolutely fucking incredible. It was coconut rum, banana liqueur, Sprite, and pineapple grenadine, dude. I mean, Ooh, I took okay. back like five of those in an hour. It's terrible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, this, this place sounds this place sounds pretty cool, and uh, yeah, no doubt some good jams. I thought you were gonna sing "Hollaback Girl" there for a second, but that's okay. I was debating it, man. I was debating it. You know. Were you singing it when you were Were you singing it when you were there drinking it? Is the real question. Of course, dude. This shit is bananas, yeah, man. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, he was, dude. Probably <laughs> after about the second one, he was starting to sing. No, nah, I was Fourth too one sick one. in the first one. Fourth one, he got up and started dancing. Yeah, dude. I, I'm... <laughs> Got some elevated services, man. That's always a good call. That's exactly right, buddy. <laughs> Joining us this week, though, we have Brian from Drink of the Movies. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, always a good time coming on. I think this is the first time I've been on one of your live streams, though, so that's exciting. It is. Uh, exciting stuff. Uh, hello, everyone out there on the Galaxy of Film uh, YouTube. So, uh, uh, yeah, just excited to come on, chat about The Last of Us. Uh, it's a game... Max, you and I talked about it, you know, before before the series was started and how mm -hmm. excited we were about it. And yeah, just uh, uh, thrilled with it and uh, happy to be coming on to uh, chat about it with you guys. Hell yeah, man. It's always great having you on, Brian. You're like our podcast uncle, we've always said, you know. <laughs> but um, That's right. Yeah. Don't don't text me too late at night when you're out drinking. That's for sure. I'll be in bed. Yeah. So. We can't have you come pick us up just yet. You know, I got to be in Charlotte for that one, bud. <laughs> That's right. God, did you man do a four loco. Get this man a four loco, bro. <laughs> Get this man the shotgun a four loco. Bro, I still got the the sticky note here, man. Saying I'll drink it for Kevin Smith. Working on it. Okay, Smith. Get come it, on the come on, on damn show, Silent Bob. Get on it. I did not. I don't. I don't think I. Uh, I agreed to shotgun one, but I, I will have one. Yeah, you you uh you lock down Kevin Smith, and I'll I'll procure a four loco or two. So. Working on it, man. We're working on it. He watched, or at least I think he watched. He liked the tweet about like a surgeon. So I'm giving I'm taking that as a hopeful message. You know, that's the problem, I guess. Did you um did you do any St. Patty's Day drinking, Brian? Uh, no, not really. Um, it was a pretty quiet night. My parents are in town visiting, so I uh, just kind of hung out with them and. I uh, had myself a Guinness or two and uh, called it a night. It was pretty good, pretty good night, pretty low key. But I feel you on that. Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong at all. 
but we also got Brandon here, like I said, from Galaxy of Film. You guys are no stranger to him. I think you've been on almost all the live streams you've done. If not, I may be missing one of them, I forget. Okay, I probably missed one, one in the time you've done them. Yeah, but welcome back, Brandon, of course. <laughs> what about you, man? How have you been? What have you been up to lately? And tell us about your St. Paddy's Day shenanigans, man. It's great to be back doing these. Uh, uh, I've been, you know, just chilling like I've always done, you know, working at McDonald's, having the time of my life there. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I was lame on I was lame on St. Patty's Day. I had maybe like two drinks in my house. I didn't really go anywhere. I just stayed home and played video games. What? What about tonight, man? What are you drinking tonight? You always yeah, drink come on, dude. Crack open some Mike's Hard or something, bud. I don't have any drinks in my house. What? What? I don't we're have anything. Max, I feel like we're alcoholics, man. <laughs> yeah. Get your act together, Danilo. Max, come on. God, Not bad, dude. But no, I had a I had a pretty eventful weekend though, so uh, that was nice. I went up uh, I went up to Lansing with a couple of my buddies and uh, Saturday night and. <laughs> what? What in the world, dude? I was out at the bar Saturday night. What? Where was the text message, dude? The text message, bro. Come on, man. Where were Come you in Lansing when I was up to, there? We would have torn <laughs> up the town, bro. We would have torn up the town the day after the same. Another, another day. Another day. We'll, we'll, we got to get it together. Come on, oh, dude. You probably, probably didn't want to pay the $5 cover to get into a fucking bar, dude. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but Saturday night, um, yeah, I went up to Lansing with a couple buddies, uh, just saw a couple local bands perform at a bar, local bar. Okay. I had a good, had a great time there. Nothing wrong uh, with that, dude. That's why I did the dive bar. It was a live music bar. Always a great time. Right, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, you could tell, like, they had the setup for whenever they have, like, bands perform, so, uh, it was, like, like good, good little night, and then the next day, I, uh, did another one of my D and D sessions. So okay. that was pretty fun. Hell yeah, cool. dude! So I got a question. Right. So was it? So when you went to that music thing in Lansing, was it in Lansing or was it in East Lansing? It was in Lansing. It was Lansing. Was it on that strip that it's like just one road? It's just a straight shot into the capital. Was it that road? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, uh, okay. No, not where we were. Alright, because when I had a summer job over in... I, had a, I did a summer job over in Lansing for a hot minute. And I remember there was always one bar that was popping off on Saturdays and Fridays with live music. Mm. And, and I always wondered what it was. So no, I yeah, I, th I think the name of the... Uh, it was I think it was called, like, Ma uh, Mac, uh, Max Bar or something like that. Max I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. It's like some... Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, it is. Max. Was it Max like, Bar? MHC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yep. shit, no, yep, oh that's my God, exactly man. what it is. Yeah, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah, Dang. it's in Lansing. And, um... Yeah, because yeah, there's, like, a couple... There's, like, a couple buildings, like, surrounding it. Yeah, like, and... Kind of, like, and yeah, attached that, to it. And that's the street. Like, if you just take that street, like, continuously straight, you're at, you're hit, you hit the capital. Oh, I never realized that. We we took a different yeah. route, so uh, I, w I didn't know... Uh, I wasn't familiar with the area. Gotcha. But no. but that's definitely... But yeah, yeah, that was a fun night though. Uh, I had I had a, a drink with me. Dang man, sounds pretty lit, bro. You know, it'd be more lit if you were there for Pablo's Big City Blues, dude. Yeah, I yeah, know. dude. I know. Yeah, and you know what? I think I have to show off the T-shirt, dude. 
Go ahead. Before we go get ahead into the t-shirt real quick. I'm going to read the chat real quick. Because we got our man Gamer Harold in the chat. He's coming on tomorrow's LFG talking Shazam Fear of the Gods with me. But Brandon, he left a comment for you, dude. He, uh, we got says, sounds like a great day to me. And you work at McDonald's too. Burger and gaming. <laughs> All right, dude. So just some background real quick. Real quick. All right. Max knows that when we go out, or when I go out, after 10.30, my name turns into Pablo when I'm at the bar. Ain't no one call me Danilo anymore because it's just too long of a conversation, you know? I like my Long mm. Island iced teas and I like chilies. Birthday was like, I don't know, a month ago around there. I have two great friends up here. One of them got me this dope-ass shirt, dude. And it's Pablo from the backyard again with a Long nice. Island iced tea and a chili bag. This has to be the greatest gift I've ever gotten in my entire life, dude. This shit's lit. Where do you get the shirt? I don't know. Oh, shout out to nice t-shirt. Thanks, I think. <laughs> is that the company that made the shirt? Yeah, it is. Okay, so shout out to nice, nice shirt thanks dot co on Instagram. Shout out to them. It's Real like sick one, dude. Sorry, dude. Yeah, 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 okay, sick. Let's talk about the last of us, man. Let's go ahead. Yeah, Last of Us. Uh, we're going to go ahead and be breaking this up into, what, three episode segments, kind of like arcs for us. Um, there's a total of nine episodes for this show. Um, Danilo, get us started, man. Yeah, dude, never played this game in my life. The show looked decent, though. Um, yeah, first three episodes, if you played the game, you know what the hell's happening. Um, we get the fucking... Actually, you don't know what the hell's happening, because the third episode's nothing like the game. First episode's just like the game, um, 40 minutes of them just riding around, trying to swarm off the infected. You're like, oh my god, what the hell happened? Um, next episode, that fucking one girl's in it, dude. She They're looking for a car battery or something. She fucking gets obliterated, um, and I'm like, thank god, dude, she was annoying. Didn't want to see her go on this journey with my, with my boy Pedro and Ellie. Um, then the third episode is about, I don't know, two farmers in this one town. And they're just, ch- Bill, Bill, classic American name. Bill survived the pandemic, dude. Um, and he's chilling with his homeboy. And then they die at the end. They you pull really didn't play the game, dude. <laughs> they, pull Rome- they pull Romeo and Juliet at the end. kind of. Did you cool. watch the series? <laughs> I did, dude. Good series. Oh, okay. Good series. Good series. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Cold opens were dope, though, in the first two episodes. I like that. I thought that was really cool. Touch. There were some cold opens, you're right, dude. True. There was just the first two, I think, or was there a fourth one or a third yeah. or a fourth episode? No, just, I think it was only the first two. two. Dang, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Great recaps, buddy. Great recaps. Um, let's talk about episode one, I guess. Sick one, Danilo. <laughs> um, I always prepared here. You guys watch the show. Oh, you know what the hell happened in the show. If you don't, I don't know what to tell you. We watch the show. Yeah, this is like the shooter's euphoria. Or play the game. Or play the game. Or play the game. One of the two. The Last of Us Season 1 is this year's euphoria, where everyone was turning in HBO Max Weekly, which is nice, dude. Like, it's it's cool to have that 9 o'clock you know, Sunday uh, night spot for a show again. Haven't had that in a while. Yeah. But, um, Brandon, what is your initial thoughts coming into this? Like, did you play the game at all? I did play the game. Okay, uh, sweet. I, so I have a PS4, and I um, play it. I actually like strangely enough I I my first time playing the game was like r- just right before the pandemic. So I like I like uh blasted through that whole thing like probably like 
mid-January, like that mid-January before everything just shut down and stuff like that. So mm. it's been, it's actually been a while since I've played the game and which, strangely enough, I should really uh, get back into playing that. Um, but yeah, I was high hopes for this game because I, I just knew like this game was made to be a, like cinematically shown to viewers, either in a movie or like just a TV show. Like this was just being, this was made to be consumed by a wider audience. So I was really looking forward to this series uh, when I when it first um, became announced. Okay, I feel you on that, dude. I do agree. This like this did deserve a much broader audience than the games for sure. Um, Brian, what about you? Because you also play the games too. You play both of them, right? Yeah, so I've played, yeah, The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2, so, um, yeah, this was something I picked up way back in 2013 when it first came out for the PlayStation 3, and then uh, you had the the remaster came out on PlayStation 4, like, the next year uh, when the <laughs> PlayStation 4 released, and then mm. uh, they just released the remake, which is called The Last of Us Part 1 now, that kind of brings the graphics and the, um, the gameplay up to uh, the same level as The Last of Us Part 2, uh, so I bought it again uh this year so that's uh three times uh it's come out three times i've bought it and you know at least the three times that i've played it so yeah when the story was coming out like brandon said it's uh it's a story that's worth telling um and you guys hit on the fact that i the last of us sold really well it won like i don't know like a million game of the year awards uh every everyone who had everyone who had a playstation had it but you know that number is very small compared to the number of people that will watch it on something like hbo or go and see it at a movie theater or something like that so from that standpoint i think it's really important for stories that are excellent like this mm-hmm. to get out there because you have a lot of people out there um you know my wife is a great example she's not going to sit for 25 hours and play the game she's not going to watch me play the game for 25 hours but she will turn on hbo for an hour on sunday and watch it and get that story so yeah i think is is really important story to tell and i was psyched for it hbo rarely does anything that isn't at least pretty good um pedro pascal uh bella ramsey i was i was excited to see what they did with it i knew you know neil Druckmann was coming in i knew um uh, uh what's his name uh chernobyl was uh, going to be the other showrunner uh mm. here on it and chernobyl is amazing so yeah bring it on i was very excited for it dang so you you played the ps5 remake as well that's awesome dude I, um, it was weird, like, this, I, I was there for the initial release of The Last of Us, but I was really into Uncharted at the time, and really invested in that, and trying to catch up for Uncharted 4, so I didn't play, um, Last of Us until, I think, like, 2016 or 17, and I played the PS4 version right away, the remaster, um, I have yet to play the PS5 remake, um, I did play Part 2 right away. I fell in love with that one as well. I have the, uh, not the Ellie edition, but the standard collector's edition with the statue without the bag. Um, but no, I'm agreeing with everything you guys are saying. Like This is a story that definitely needed a much broader way to be able to tell because it's so emotional and impactful. You know, like, yeah, you, I cannot convince everyone to play this game. And not just that. Like, even if people are my friends that I'm recommending to that are gamers, not everyone has a PlayStation, obviously. And with this being exclusive... A lot of people missed out on that, too. Um, but I'm sure... I don't remember like the exact percentages off the top of my head or anything like that. But this was definitely one of those games to make people want to buy that console. You know, a PS3 and a PS4. Um, but yeah, man. Danilo, so you're the only one who didn't watch this thing. Or play the game, excuse me, in this group. Um, how yeah. pumped were you 
like for the show not knowing anything with this? Uh, not really. I I played the first open opening twenty minutes of the game. Um, when he like when the whole infecting starts and you know his daughter gets shot. Mm. Um, in a in a suspense class from filmmaking at Oakland, and that was actually like it was a good game. And I'm like, well, this is cool. I'm just not a gamer. Max knows this. We, I I have a PS5 and I play two fucking games on it. But I'm just not a gamer, and I'm not gonna spend 20 hours investing into just a storytelling game. Mm. Like I have to be doing something else. And I know it was like zombies coming up, you know, coming and taking over the world, or you know, that's like the bad guy, I guess per se. So when the HBO like said they were gonna do a show with it, I'm like, that's cool. Cause speaking off to Brian's point, HBO rarely does a show that's bad. It can yeah. be average plus is basically what it is. But I've never seen an HBO show that's like just dog shit, you know. And if they bring in the people from Chernobyl and the actual writers from the game, you know, they're bringing in good directors. Like clearly, that we're gonna see some good type of product. So I was semi pumped for it. The thing I didn't know about it. Was I thought this was a game, a story game, where you're fighting zombies, kind of like Call of Duty, let's say. You know how you fight zombies in there. Mm. So I'm like, okay, like, I, like how silly is this show gonna be now if we're just fighting the? Inf- I know they're called the infected, but I thought they were zombies the entire time. You know, how silly is this show gonna be when it comes to, like those sequences? And I even said that in like one of the first few episodes because there's that trailer that show. The trailer shows the big infected guy coming out from the ground or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like. All right, well, this just looks silly now. Like, what's he going to do? He's just going to fight an infected? Like, you know, you fight him in a video game? Like, that's not something I really want. I'm looking, really looking forward to seeing on a television set. Um, lo and behold, though, just like my experience with uh, the first Blade Runner, that's far from what this story is any is about at all. You know, so I was blown away by the first episode. Um, I really loved the first opening, like, 40 minutes, hour, whatever how it was just basically a longer extended version of what I played. The only gameplay I did play for the game. Like, I thought that was mm. just dope as hell. Um, but no, I, I, like, I was pumped for it um, after episode one, for sure. Like, once I watched episode one in its entirety, I was like, okay, I'm going to get behind this show fully and see, you know, where this story takes us. Because it's clearly not about fighting zombies. Yeah, and well, there's a lot more of that in the games, too. Um, yeah, hopefully yeah. hopefully this makes you want to play the games, because they are incredible, and there's a lot more to them, obviously. Um, but yeah, man, no, episode one, which is basically, you know, the whole infected first settling in sequence of Joel and his daughter, um, that we get to, you know, him and Tess having this mission to get the car battery and meeting Ellie, and basically, like, their escape from the city to go retrieve said car battery is the first episode. Um so even with this not uh, not being like a beat for beat recreation of the game necessarily, you you did quite enjoy this, right, Danilo? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed episode one for sure. Okay, gotcha. And Brandon, what were some of your thoughts on the first episode being true to the game? Yeah, like you said, like it wasn't a beat for beat like recreation of the of the opening scene, but um, I really enjoyed how it was like a good mix of it. Where mm-hmm. we get like the like we get like just right before like the game actually starts, just to get a little bit more context um, to what uh, go like what was happening before everything just completely went to shit. Um, especially with that g- beautiful cold opening to start the show, it was really just it really just set the tone for the whole show um, pretty much. So that was really nicely done. Um, I do like some of the callback. I did like some of the callbacks to that scene where we just get that long, um, 
uh, just one shot of them in the car and just having everything just around them just transpire. I thought that was just beautifully well done. Um, I liked how it was in, like that hour and a half long um, show just to give like just enough to like really hook in the viewers. Um, I was thoroughly entertained from beginning to start on that first episode. I feel you, dude. And I love that uh, the car sequence. It feels like a cutscene in that moment. It definitely made me feel like I was replaying the game again. Yeah, that's an incredible shot, dude. That that whole that scene's my favorite scene from episode one for sure. Oh, um, for sure. My, me too. So goddamn good. Episode two, we discovered that Ellie is immune in this. Um, we get the whole sequence with Tess dying, which is a bit different from the game as well. She ends up having this really cool, like, infected kiss with uh, an infected member right before, like, exploding the grenade and sacrificing herself because she is bit by one or scratched, I forget. Um, in the game, we just kind of see, you know, she's left behind. You know, we see the explosion, we know what ha- happens, but we don't get the moment of her actually dying on camera and um, fading away. But... Brian, what were some of your thoughts on episode one and episode two with that big change for Tess? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I really like the cold opens. You get the cold open here in the in the first and uh, second episodes um, that kind of lay the groundwork for what's happening and sets up kind of the future for the game, um, especially in episode two when they're talking to the scientist in Indonesia and she's just like, bomb bomb the cities uh which which makes sense then because you're playing the game and these cities are just destroyed and you know 20 years is a long time for places to go and disrepair but not to look exactly like that so it was a real fine line they had to walk right between people that had played the games who knew the story and these characters really intimately but then a whole new you know crop of people that didn't know anything about the game or anything about like the way that these uh, characters worked the way that the infected worked uh, many of that so th- i think that they did a really good job of doing that and you know a- along with that you you do have to change some things from a storytelling perspective um and just uh in like a narrative sense so you know you take something like Tess, and it is a little bit different from the game but it has to make sense within the confines of what you're able to do um in a tv show because you're mm-hmm. only getting i don't know nine-ish hours to tell the story as opposed to you know 20 25 hours um and you have to connect with people in a different way so it has to be satisfying to people who know the story and it has to expand upon what you know and um you know make you want to learn more of those side stories that you don't get in the game mm-hmm. um but it also has to be digestible for people who are just coming into this fresh so i really liked it i really liked um Tess as a character, I liked kind of the way they portrayed her um, in the show. I liked her kind of final sacrifice there. And, you know, as we, as we go through the episodes, it, it's really just an exploration of these different relationships that Joel is kind of observing as he, you know, is coming to terms over these nine episodes of his uh, loss of his daughter there, uh, Sarah, in the first episode. Yeah, man. Um, Tess's sacrifice in this is, is gorgeous, too, which is really nice to see fleshed out a bit more. Um He's like, I hate to say it, like, playing the game, like, I just didn't care about Tessa's sacrifice, more or less. She's in the game for the first hour, you know, hour and a half, you know. Um, she feels very throwaway right from the get-go, so it's really nice to see the sacrifice have impact of the show, which is really important for me. Um, Danilo, you didn't have, you know, that knowledge of the game or anything. How was that sacrifice for you watching that on camera? I was happy to see Tess go, dude. She was just annoying me the whole fucking first episode and then second so when she was like toast or whatever, I was like, "That's one, dude." Now I just get to watch, you know, your regular trope of Cub and Wolf or whatever the hell that trope is. And I was ready to just <laughs> see them flourish. Wolf and, wolf and Cub, you are so close. Yeah, Wolf and Cub. <laughs> there we go, Wolf and Cub. 
I was ready to just see that flourish now. And I'm like, here, here comes the good storytelling. Not that anything before it was bad, but uh, I don't know. I, I, like, I didn't care. Like, I felt like she was going to die anyway. Because you see the pig, like, you, you, like, I didn't play the game, but I know it's, a, it's their story. I know it's Ellie and Pedro's story. Mm. Or Joel. Or Ellie and Joel's story. So I knew at one point this character is going to die. I didn't know how fast it was going to be, how long she makes it into the woods or whatever. But, I, like, you know, process of elimination is, you know, she's gone. <laughs> Jesus, too. <laughs> yeah, I will say she seemed a much more important character in this story than she does in the game. Because I kind of mm-hmm. agree with you, Max, where you get to the game and, you know, it, you're like, oh, that's terrible. This this lady I've been running around with and she, you know, got bit. That's that's sad. But but here in this story, it, she, she felt more monumental to Joel. And then she keeps being brought back up as we go through the story. So, you know, we get to episode three and uh, Bill and Frank, we're seeing her interact there. Um, you know, Tommy brings her up later. Um, and, you know, every time Ellie says her name, you know, and the way Joel reacts to it, she felt more monumental and more substantial in Joel's life than she did in the game. Absolutely. I was say, yeah, there was more of a relationship um, in the show between um, her and Joel than we got more in the game. So it was at least a nice, it was at least nice to have that bit of context uh, going into like the first couple episodes. Well, absolutely. I agree with both of you on that one. Um, it's nice seeing her in a flashback scene in episode three with Bill and Frank. We'll get to that. Um, this one is where the show kind of, you know, took its steps away from the game, which is really interesting. Um, Bill is this character that, like, he's in a town almost like Walking Dead style where he's fenced off everything in the town. Everything's booby-trapped. Kind of like Alexandria, if you've ever watched Walking Dead. Um, and he's kind of like the crazy doomsday prepper more or less. An infected comes and overruns this town, and Ellie and Joel have to escape after... I forget what they get from Bill in that scene. Um, in the game, excuse me. But in this episode, you know, we're stepping away from Joel and Ellie, and we're getting the whole backstory between Bill and Frank, which is really interesting because that's more or less just a little, like, throwaway line or two in the game. Like, we do see Frank's body when Bill discovers it, he mentions that was his partner or whatnot. But... That's more or less it. I think to my like that's the only mention of Frank is that one line in the game, um, and this whole episode is a beautiful and tragic like love story between the two of them. And this whole uh, it goes through the, almost the entire twenty years, if I'm not mistaken, because we see you know right when the apocalypse is happening or basically doomsday for everything, Bill is in like the little basement just hiding out from the government coming and just fucking offing people. Um, so what were your thoughts on this one having played the game, Brian? Oh, this episode was, was beautiful. It was sad and wrenching and lovely and all those things. And, uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Max. It was basically, uh, you kind of go through that section. Bill talk says a couple of times about his partner and then you end up going into Frank's house, um, where Frank has mm. died. And, you know, then you learn that, that Frank was his partner and that you're, uh, the goal in, in that section of the game is to get a car battery, I think, but it really doesn't do anything story-wise with Bill other than you get there and he's kind of agitated and Ellie keeps swearing at him. Um, and then you go and you fight a bunch of infected and then you get the car battery and, and leave. That's kind of where it leaves it. So, you know, this, this is kind of an exploration of, of their relationship and, you know, any good zombie, you know, trope story is, it's not really a story about zombies. It's about people and the relationships they have with mm-hmm. the zombies as a backdrop to that. So I thought that that was, that was really great and, um, you know, really interesting and a really interesting take. You could almost take episode three out of the series and just have it be its own standalone thing. Um, 
you know Joel and Ellie are are very inconsequential in the in the uh, in the theme and the overall uh, presentation of this thing. But yeah, I mean it was, it was absolutely beautiful. The acting was uh, staggeringly good. Uh, uh, Murray Bartlett, I think, is his name, uh, who played Frank. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, Ron Swanson, you know, gets all gets all the credit there for for playing Bill, but but Murray was absolutely great as Frank, and yeah, I thought that the episode was great, and it, kind of at that point you realize that you know the series was going to take turns from the game to explore things and um, explore stories that mm. uh, you know they wanted to tell um, in the game that you can't because you're just seeing it through Joel's eyes. So. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree, and yeah, man. Nick Offerman gets a ton of credit for playing Bill. Um, and you know, Frank's great as well, incredible performance. Um, not really familiar with him as an actor much, but like personally, I haven't seen Parks and Rec. I've seen tons of memes about it. I've seen like clips here and there, like obviously like the Patton Oswalt Book of Boba Fett synopsis episode, basically. I've seen that a hundred times. Um, so I was really, really impressed seeing a character who's basically in like the office type setting come out and do a, give a performance like this. Blew me away. Um, Brandon, what were some of your thoughts on this episode? Because you also play the game. Yeah, um, so, um, yeah, I thought this episode was just, again, like Brian said, it was really beautiful. Um, and, yeah, this was the very first time where, like, it deviates from the original source material. But I think what it makes up for, and I'm so glad that Neil Druckmann was still, like, a part of the show um, when it first got announced... Um, because he still he still kept what made The Last of Us so special, uh, the game, and uh, thematically and like what it actually means. So I do like how, like we got that little glimpse of like even in this like, you know the fucked up situation, there's still um, this emotion and this love that uh, can still be carried on in that current life. Uh, so I think it was just really, like, well told from this, like, get this whole pretty much relationship between these two characters. And I was not going to lie. I thought they were going to leave with, like, um, like when the, with the ending shot. I really thought they were going to go for, um, I thought Bill was going to, like, come back at the end of some, some way because, because of how they revealed it. And um, they didn't show uh either of the bodies so it made me you know think in the back of my head like uh he's gonna come up somehow um ultimately he didn't spoiler but um yeah it was just it was just a really good like poetic episode mm. um that just it almost kind of like um hypnotized you in a way i guess of just how touching this relation the the relationship was mm. um and yeah, I'm I'm glad that we got this like we got more of this history between Bill and Frank than we did in the game. And I'm kind of um, I'm not like gonna be over like like mad that like we didn't get like the Bill and Ellie confrontation or anything like that because that's not like sure it was like great for the game, but like that wasn't what the show was going for. So um, I'm glad that it worked out this way. I feel you, man. I agree, though. Like, my entire time watching this, I, this was one of the f episodes in the show where I really didn't feel the runtime. So when we're actually getting to the sequence yeah. when Frank's, like, yeah. put me to bed and that whole stuff, I didn't feel, like, the end of the episode for me. 
I really thought that Bill was going to come back, like you said. And I thought from then on, we'll get the full game experience. We'll just have weight to his sacrifice mm-hmm. in that one, basically. So I absolutely agree with you on that, man. And I love the, the ending shot of the window. It's gorgeous, because it's one of the shots from Last of Us Part Two in the game that you see, basically, recreated. Um, just just gorgeous, dude. There's a lot, a lot of Easter eggs, whether it be like different camera shots or audio cues, music cues coming in, uh, throwaway characters or just cameos we see in the show that are from both of the games, which is really nice to see for sure. Um, Danilo, you haven't played the game, of course, so what were your thoughts on this one? The end of this episode was where I knew I would really like this show, and I kind of knew like what the hell like we're seeing here, and this that's going to be in this nine episodic, you know, story that's being told. And it's just basically loss. Like, even at the very end of this thing, like, all it is is just, like, everyone loses. Like, there's not really a winner in this little apocalyptic world, so to speak. And I really enjoyed that in this episode. And then I thought it really, it helped a lot then with, I don't even know the girl's name who died in the last episode that we literally just talked about. Like, I think, yeah, yeah, her. I think it helps with that as well when it comes to Joel then, you know, like we, like everyone was saying at the end. Just this amount of just loss that everyone is having in this like little story and how everyone deals with it quite differently mm-hmm. you know like both the, like they knew like obviously that guy had like cancer or something wrong with him so he was gonna go but offerman didn't have to die like offerman still could have lived a fine life but he kind of dealt with you know that type of pain and that type of loss and i i, I don't know it just it spoke volumes to how emotional they, they're gonna make this show and i thought that was I, I thought you know it was very very good and like you said i didn't play this game i didn't know who the hell frank and bill were um, I watched the little, like end credit scenes that they do when they're like, yeah, they mentioned Frank in one line in the game. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. So this is just new stories that they're writing. Oh, and you I mean think, the like post show little yeah yeah behind the scene? Yeah, I don't know what that dude's even called, dude. But yeah, no, like it like I think it worked out very well for this episode. Um, I like I liked what I was watching, dude. Like it was, it was just a little love story basically in the middle of an apocalyptic world, mm-hmm. and we also see a flashback too, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think this was our last one before we get to, like, Ellie's, like, actual flashback. But we did the cold opens, and then we got this big flashback, you know, and that's what really started us off when she saw all those dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, with Ellie and Joel walking. And I'm like, oh, geez. Kind of a rough town. <laughs> a rough way that the... I don't know what, what, I don't know what they call Fedra, right? Fedra? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Fedra was up to some bullshit, dude. Fetcher was up into some bullshit. That's right, man. Um, real quick, though, before you give your recaps on the next three episodes, you brought oh, up the little behind-the-scenes stuff at the end of this, dude. I fucking yeah. loved those, this show. Super yeah, happy those included. Those, those helped me, for someone who didn't watch the game, because they explained the game every now and then about it. So I was like, that's cool. Yeah, man, that was pretty nice, man. It reminds me a lot of uh, like Talking Dead of Chris Hardwick, back when Walking Dead was good, you know? <laughs> yeah. Gosh. So go ahead, um, Danilo, give us your, your recaps of episodes four, five, and six. Yeah, dude. Then we get to these two fucking episodes about, I don't even know what it is, dude, but they're in, like, Kansas City now, and we're having, like, Rebels 1. They beat Fedra, so it's just people, you know? And I think Joel even says that. Like, it's just people, and they're driving, their car battery dies, they get into a big shootout, and we're just chilling with these people. And we get these two characters, um, brother, two brothers, younger and older, um, who are surviving the city on the run from an entire fucking Kansas City, it seems like. Blows my fucking mind how they're surviving right now. But whatever. Um, but they just run around the town. Joel and Ellie meet them. They go in the basement. Yada, yada, yada. They escape. Um, you know, the infected come and take out half the Kansas City people. 
um, it it bites the guy, the little br- brother in this little group or whatever, and then Ellie tries to fix him with a little impromptu blood transfusion. Um, back in the day, it would be called Blood Brothers, I think. Shout out to the Outsiders. I think that's what they did in that book. Maybe, maybe not. I oh, don't know. I don't remember. I think that's, I that's right, dude. That is Blood or Outsiders. They did do a. They did do that. Okay, I'm yeah, dude. Shout out to English teacher right here. Anyway, though, dude, um, she lost um, because then he tried to kill at the end, and then the brother had to shoot him in the head. Um, and then he shot himself because he couldn't deal with that loss. So once again, we're dealing with loss. And then Ellie said, sorry, um, on the little etch sketch And then we finally got away from there, and then we go finally get to Wyoming. Right? That's where they're going, Wyoming? Yeah. Yeah, and we meet uh, his brother. We're linked up with his brother again. Bl- blew my fucking mind that this guy was still going to be alive, dude. I'm like... Really, really wonder what, you know, maybe they flesh out in the game, but it's really interesting that they were, like, there together in the beginning in the first 40 minutes of this whole entire thing, dealt through all this, and then they're just in totally different states. Like, that's a bit odd, but whatever. Um, They kind of allude to it. Um, He settles down. He's having a wife and kids and all that. And then Ellie and this is where Ellie and Joel get, like, real into it at the end, where Ellie's like, everyone who I love has left me. And Joel's like, shut the fuck up. You're not my daughter. And I'm like, whoa, Joel chill dude um but he didn't chill until the next morning when he was like just kidding ellie i'm here for you and then they ride off into the they keep going because they got to go to a different science lab they have to go to a science lab so yeah yeah then joel gets stabbed dude (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's still in this episode my bad dude joel gets stabbed because they find the science lab and it's just not there um he gets stabbed and then he almost dies Real sick one. <laughs> he stuck the land on that one, buddy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Um, episode four, let's start off with this one. Um, this is probably like my least favorite episode of the series, low-key. Um, we're introducing some characters in Kansas City, like you said, like the whole town is just kind of like swarmed with this, like, basically like a little like militia, um, which is pretty cool because, you know, Tommy, Joel's brother, is reintroduced in episode uh, six, the Kim. But the actor who plays Tommy in the games is in episode four and five. He's the the long bearded guy. I forget his character's name. They're all kind of throwaway. Um, <laughs> his name's Perry. He's Perry. played by Jeffrey Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, dude. That's not a throwaway oh, character. Come on. Jesus, come on, Max. Dude. Come on. He was a throwaway character. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. For he that. was the, the, the mm. whole the whole group was ultimately nothing by the end of that. And you're the, the one the talking episode five, really. You're the one talking about him, Max, so. <laughs> you got a good uh, point on that one, Brian. You got, got us there. Point. Yeah, you got us there on that one. Jesus Christ. Um, more or less, we get some good Ellie and Joel banter in this episode, which is really enjoyable to see throughout this one. Um, so they get to Kansas City, and they get the kind of... This one reminded me so much of Walking Dead because of the attack in the street. And I get that. We see it in the game, of course, as well. Um, but the way this was shot reminds me so, so much of season one when they're in Atlanta. Um, and because of that, this is like my least favorite episode. Um, it has a great, great cliffhanger though. We see Sam and Henry invade the little skyscraper that Joel and Ellie are camping out in after a really like touching moment, because this is the episode where not only are we getting the Joel and Ellie banter, but we kind of see the connection with them where Joel starts to kind of realize he's giving a shit about this kid. He's This isn't just cargo, like he later says and tries to deny himself of it. Um, so that, that cliffhanger, though, man, is, is pretty great. It's pretty fucking awesome, especially with the Sam just with a finger over his mouth. 
Um, Brandon, what were some of your thoughts on this episode? Yeah, I agree with you. It wasn't the most, like, it was probably uh, my least favorite. Not to say it was bad or anything, but yeah. compared to the other episodes, yeah, this was probably the weakest one. Um, I think uh, uh, it, it just ended a little too abruptly for me. Like, I, I think it's probably the shortest episode of the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, like, one of them. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I did like them, like, fighting off the militia group. And um, the cliffhanger was actually really good. I do like that little touch of Joe, like, sleeping on his right ear because he's deaf in that ear. So he couldn't hear um, Sam and his brother come in. So I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um to like the whole cliffhanger thing, um, but yeah, not really. Yeah, not really that much to say. Um, yeah, um, yeah, like you said, Max. Like we start to see like that bond showing between um, Joel and Ellie in this episode. Like very little, but like it's starting to like come together in this episode. Um, so that was a, that was nice to like um, that was nice with all the banter and all that stuff. I do like that running thing of. Um, like Ellie like wanting to like help and Joel's like no you like you know you just gotta um you just, uh, I gotta protect you and all that stuff so you know give me the gun or whatever um so I like that um like little running theme um with that but otherwise yeah, this was kind of like uh, it was kind of a all right episode I feel you on that man I agree the whole Joel being the protector and Ellie not being Joel not realizing Ellie is more mature than what she is. That yeah, relationship's yes. cool. That dynamic. Yes. Absolutely, man. Um, Brian, what were some of your thoughts on episodes four and five as well? Five is the episode where um, Sam and Henry are kind of chilling with Joel and Ellie, making their way through Kansas City, making a way out. Um, we get some really, really good like moments of Ellie and Sam, like being a kid. You know, this is they grew up in this apocalypse world. You know, they have no recollection. They weren't around prior to this happening. So they never got to live normal lives. And we get to see them kind of have, like, an hour or two to themselves and be kids for once in this terrible, terrible world. Um, mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so the yeah the story kind of kind of slows down here a little bit. And episode four, I think, is the shortest one, um, especially coming after of like an hour and 15 minutes, the the previous one, the Bill and Frank episode. So it, it did feel kind of short, but the episode five was an hour. So it was it was a little bit too long, I think, to put these together, even though they, you know, are taking place kind of in in the same place and telling, mm-hmm. you know, kind of one uh, continuous story here. Um, but I, I liked Please Hold My Hand. It, it, it kind of did some things. Um, it, it too probably is my least favorite, I guess, of the nine episodes, but, um, okay. you know, you see Ellie, uh, save Joel, uh, which is kind of a recurring theme is, uh, of people, you know, saving, saving Joel. Joel's never really the one, uh, that's doing the saving, even though he's trying to be kind of this protector figure. Um, but he, he says to her after, you know, that you shouldn't have to do things like this because you're just a kid, which is the first time that he, um, kind of humanizes Ellie. He's always kind of referred to her as, uh, you know, being this cargo, being this thing that he's trying to deliver. But now he's starting to see her um, as a person, as a as a young girl um, that is, you know, under his protection, uh, which I think is neat. Um, I I didn't really uh, love, I guess, the, the kind of way that they... Uh, I don't know. I, I take that back. Um, you have you have Kathleen and Perry, I guess, who are running kind of this uh, this uh, resistance group. I guess just just the people um, in Kansas City that are there. Um, I I 
didn't get enough of their story, I don't think, but I, I did like that you were starting to see things kind of from their perspective, mm-hmm. which is neat that you can do in a TV show versus a game. Like I just mentioned, you know, you're seeing everything, you know, from Joel's perspective in the game, but here you can kind of bounce around, obviously, um, because it's more narrative. Um, so you can kind of see, you know, their angle, what their motivations are, why they're doing the things that they're doing and, uh, you know, the emotions they're feeling. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. And then, yeah, Henry and Sam, uh, that's that's awful that's like that's the worst um it's just another gut punch you get one of these in every episode um you get ellie and sam uh getting to getting to play some soccer uh down in that uh, sewer or subway tunnel or whatever whatever they were one kind of last chance to to be kids and you know the way that ellie's starting to process things you know as a 14 year old might trying to do the blood transfusion you know trying to you know make everything okay you know she's not quite uh grown up enough i guess to you know to realize what's going on and as these things are are settling in and then you kind of see you know her innocence lost there she writes on that little uh scratch pad thing that has the craziest sound design uh for that thing when they're tearing that uh that sheet off when he's writing the notes but uh yeah i thought um it was really great to have the big reveal of the bloater which was fun um kind of there in that section it was really i think the that was the last of the clickers really that we saw in the series so yeah, you're right now to think about that. And that was cool because obviously the bloater is a, a boss fight in the game, clearly. And it's very much a, a boss fight like moment with him rising up from the like sinkhole collapsing of all the clickers down below from the tunnels. Um, that whole sequence, I think, where the sniper's in the house and lined up with the cars in front of it, where you obviously this is in the game too, this moment feels the most like a video game, which is really neat. I know back on the podcast before, or I think it was like the first image from the show release when it was like joel and ellie looking up at the hill on that plane that crashed me and jake from mayhem pictures were talking about how like we were super curious how much of this show would feel like the game like from a third person perspective for camera movements this whole sequence was was done excellently as far as that goes it truly does feel like a level you know um danilo what are some of your thoughts on episodes four and five yeah so Two, three years ago, a little show came out called The Clone Wars. They had three arcs. Middle arc was the Cabre- the Marta sisters. Mm. Old Star Wars fans hated that. I actually thought it was really cool. But I understood why they have to have that in there. to, to you know, So it makes sense for Ahsoka's arc. That is exactly how I felt about these two episodes. They're not, nowhere near close to my favorite. I don't enjoy them as much as the rest of the show. Um, I felt like we could have skipped it, but I know we can't because at the end of the day, like I can this these two episodes contribute so much to Ellie's character, mm. so much to like that second to last episode with Churchman, you know, and all that, and like and then obviously the one with her friend. Um, they were doing that pun joke or whatever they were doing the puns with Joel with the, the joke book. And then, yeah, the joke book. Um, we see that again at the end. She doesn't even know what a fucking a screenshot is. And that's when I realized, like, oh, she wasn't born before the uh, outbreak or whatever. Where I thought she was. I thought she was at least, like, six or seven with the outbreak. But I don't know how to do math. So, yeah. <laughs> if we tried to do math, it would have added up where it was. Hold on, dude. Hey, I'm just impressed you can read. You read The Outsiders, dude. Proud of you for that one. I was, like, in fifth grade, dude. And someone read it to me. Watch the <laughs> Um, Anyway, though, dude, yeah, I was blown away. Uh, It it just wasn't my favorite episodes. They weren't my favorite, um, but it contributes so much to her character, 100%. Like, she is clearly going through these awful things, you know, seeing all these things, 
when she should just be, you know, playing with his, playing with a friend, playing soccer, you know, outside. Out, soccer is one of the most outdoor sports you're supposed to play. And, they play, and you, you hardly ever play it with cement. And here they're <laughs> kicking a ball against a brick wall. You know, and it's like, yeah, like, like that, can, you know. Then obviously we get more, and it contributes to Joel as well, because he, the guy knows that he's a father. Just by heart and blood, he is a father. I forget the guy's name. Um, but the older brother of the two. And, you know, and, and, and he was telling Joel, like, you're a father to her. And that's when Joel kind of shuts down. He's like, no, we got a mission to do, you know, you know, all that bullshit. But I, like, I get the why these two episodes are in there. It's dialogue heavy. It does wonders for Joel's character and for Ellie's character. And it helps their arc so much more at the end of the show. Mm. So I understand. Just not my favorite episodes. Don't really know why. Because it's not like it was bad by any means. I was just like, eh, if I ever rewatch it, I'm going to skip these two episodes. Okay, that's fair, dude. That's interesting, though, honestly, your thoughts on that, too, because, like, th- this hit hard, especially from playing the from playing the game. Like, obviously, Sam and Henry's entire situation, their deaths are a very sad thing in the game, but seeing them, like, in live action is a totally different feeling. Like, I knew what happened. I still gasped seeing, you know, when that gun went off in that scene. Yeah, um, yeah man, just fucking tragic. Very tragic. So it's interesting hearing, you know, this one was wasn't your two favorites. But, you know, hot take, though, comparing it to the Martez Sisters episode. I'm here for it, though. Very much here for it. Brandon, what are your thoughts on episodes five and six? Episode six, uh, we finally get to Tommy's civilization. I forget what the town's called. Just Jackson, I think. Right, Brian? I think mm-hmm. Jackson? Yep. Yeah. So right Jackson, we're introduced to Tommy's wife. Uh, we realize, hey, Fireflies are not here. Fireflies are still further across the country. You can keep going, you can rest up here, basically, um, and we kind of see that whole conversation like Daniel was talking about, the banter between, or excuse me, the argument between Ellie and Joel, where Joel's kind of like deflecting and catching himself, you know, valuing Ellie, and he's like, no, I can't let this happen, she's just cargo, and then we see how quickly he falls back on this, um, they arrive in the university, and Joel is stabbed, and we get the incredible cliffhanger, you know, obviously we three have played the game, I'll... I can only imagine if Daniil thought that was a real cliffhanger or not, but from someone who has played the game and is just trying to view it from a view, like a just a show standpoint, I thought it was a great cliffhanger personally. Uh, it was shot beautifully as well too, with him falling off the horse. Um, what were your thoughts on this one though, Brandon? The two episodes, five and six. Yeah, let me start with episode five. Um, personally, this was my favorite episode. Okay. Um, of the whole show, just because it w- it just perfectly blended suspense. Um, and joy and sadness all rolled up into one. And like you guys are talking about, this was like the turning point for Joel and Ellie's characters um, from like a um, character characterization point of view. Mm. Um, and um, like I said, I haven't played this game in a couple of years. So, um, you know, when Sam and Henry like first arrived, when we get to first see them, um, like they were just like they were just pretty cool. I do also like the touch of um, having Sam be deaf yes. um, compared to the game. I thought and making him younger, which just adds that just emotional depth to the to the episode mm. when we get to it. Um, so yeah, um, go, so from going back a couple years from playing the game, um, I almost forgot like everything about it. So like uh, when 
you know, all four of them were traveling down the tunnels in Kansas City, and they were all just talking, like, you know, we're all going to be, like, you know, going to uh, just go on this journey together for a little bit. Um, I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I, wa I want to see all these guys, like, you know, together. And then, like, halfway through, like, it, I realized, like, oh, shit, this is, this is Sam and this is when Sam and Henry die. Like, oh, yeah, like, it just, like, clicked for me. Like, oh, my God, like, this was going to happen. So I was legitimately crying, like, like, just watching all this transpire. And it was just so moving and um, just Ellie, like, looking, like, at the grave and then just turning, like, come on, we got to go. Like, that was just, like, just so powerful for her character, I guess. Um, because she realizes, like, this is not a game anymore. Like, this is, this is like, what life is now. So she's got to, like, carry on with this, you know, until, of, like, pretty much for the rest of her life now. Um, and so it was all just... I thought it was all just, like, perfectly, like, all balled up into, like, just this beautiful episode. Um, episode 6, this was a turning point for me, really, because this is when I kind of fell off the show. Like, oh, not, not in the sense of, like, it being bad or anything, but just, like, having it be, like, like a show where I, I have to watch it every Sunday, you know? Mm -hmm. So this was the... Ep Episode six was like the really like the first one where like I had to wait, or okay. I like I waited a couple of days before I actually saw it, and that just became a running theme for the for the, like the uh, second half of the show, um, which I I don't know what like drew me into that like I don't know specifically what caused me to do that but um, yeah I don't know like after that like it just became like something like. Oh, like it. Oh, like a new episode's on. I'll just wait yeah. a couple days, um, for it to for, for me to watch it. Um, and so epi episode six was a strange one because this was this was the first one where it made me. It felt like an actual TV episode, just on how the structure was and, um, like, like uh, Joel and Ellie go to this new location and, um, there's this um. You know, and then they had the Tommy and Joel situation. Like, this was the first episode where, like, it felt more like, like a, not a generic, but, like, more tropey TV episodes, I guess. Oh, I see that. Where, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Where, like, there was, like, just this, like, um, uh, well, what's, what's the word I'm thinking of? Kind of like this, like, stepping stone, I guess. Or just, okay. like, this pause, like, this pause from the actual story. Mm. Where and then they go to like a different one for like one episode or something like that. So, so that kind of trope mm. to me. Not to say that it was bad or anything, but it just it just really like became like a recurring thing in my head as I was watching it. I get that. Um, There's a lot of like Mandalorian stuff like that in season two, where it's like we get a great plot one. The next is a bit like traveling side quests, almost kind of a deal. I see. What you're yeah, kind from. of. That's that's what I'm thinking of. It's it was more of like a side quest thing, um, for, outside of like the main story. That's what it felt like to me. Okay. Um, but I did like the episode. I did like all the relate uh, the relationship between uh, Tommy and Joel, and just like how like Joel was being so, um, just so bitter about uh, Tommy and his wife like getting together and then having a baby, and like just being so like uh, yeah like bitter about it, 
And so there's this little drift between them. And, you know, he just goes and says, like, you know, you guys just keep Ellie here, you know, and uh, I'll do my own thing, I guess. And then we have that, like, really great argument scene in, uh, I, I, I in one of the child's rooms or something like that between Joel and Ellie, which was really good. Uh, with Ellie saying, like, yeah, like, everyone I've loved has died and uh, you don't care about me and all that stuff. And then... Mm. Uh, she references Sarah for the first time, which, yeah, that that got Joel to turn like you're staying here, and uh, for that brief moment, uh, it was it was intense. Um, again, not my favorite episode, but I think it was just a, a solid episode uh, to um, uh, outside of like everything else that was going on. I guess I guess that's where I was going. I see with that, man. It's It does feel like a bit traveling, like side quest in a way. I totally agree with that. Um, Brian, what were some of your thoughts on episode six? Um, episode six I liked a lot. Um, it it definitely f- did feel different than the other episodes. Um, it's interesting that you, to, to think of it as a side quest when Joel's quest for the first six episodes was to get to Tommy. So. Get to Tommy, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a little it's weird, a, right? Um, but I... I I kind of see what you're, what you guys are saying there with that, but I really liked it. I liked kind of this more intimate, um, you know, kind of family, uh, you know, drama kind of thing. You know, Tommy and Joel are, you know, having these conversations, uh, you know, which are excellent, and you're starting to see kind of the doubt uh, creeping into Joel as Ellie's had to had to save him. Tess has had to sacrifice herself, you know, uh, and uh, you know, kind of all that through the story. So he, he's starting to to kind of process that, and then coupled with that. Um, Maria, you know, spills the beans that uh, Sarah, you know, died, you know, basically at the beginning of the outbreak. And, you know, he's been, you know, living without his daughter and, you know, and mourning for these last 20 years, uh, you know, kind of going, going through the motions. So when she, uh, you know, kind of brings that up and he blows up on her a little bit, um, I I really liked it. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of a battle right there at that point um, that I think that, you know, Joel's really looking at things, you know, whether he's he's the best one to you know protect and shepherd this girl to where she needs to get to or you know is is tommy a better fit for that or or can he do it and then obviously it ends kind of with that uh big cliffhanger and um i'll speak on behalf of my wife who has not played the game uh she was she was all very concerned about the uh about the cliffhanger at the end <laughs> so <laughs> You're right, dude. Um, my my girl was also very concerned. I watched this weekly with um, if you're a f- subscriber of Galaxy Film Long Term, uh, we've had my buddy Drake on the show before as well, talking about Taken in Room, and my buddy Caleb, who's one of my production assistants in my films as well. Um, I watched this weekly at their house, who they both have not played this game, and they screamed at the TV, thinking Joel was actually going to die in this show. Um, so absolutely, dude. I, I attested that as well. Danilo, what were your thoughts on this, dude? And from not playing the game, did you think Joel was dead in this? What were your thoughts? Um, yeah, this episode was interesting. Um, and, you know, echoing everyone else, it did feel weird. Even though, for the first six episodes, like Brian said, their whole goal was to get to Wyoming. But it felt weird when they were there. It felt like they just didn't belong. It felt like they still had to, like, just keep on going. Um, but they didn't. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was an alright episode. It wasn't one of my favorites. I think it had a lot of emotional impact. When they got into that fight in that bedroom, um, I thought that was really cool. It starts raising some questions about who the hell Joel is. Um, because obviously uh, t- Tommy's wife, right? Yeah, so Tommy's wife didn't like Joel. 
you know, like that was very apparent very early on. Um, she, you know, like she was cautious with them. I guess it would be a better word. She's cautious with them, you know, telling Ellie, be careful who you trust, everything like that. This episode, though, was where I really started to like Ellie. Okay. Because um, if I was in that situation, I would be talking back just like how Ellie was as well. Um, so I really, I really like, I didn't mind Ellie before. I thought she was a fine character. She's doing her job, doing her job, doing good, doing good. This is where I was like, oh, I'm on board the Ellie train now. Like, like, like Ellie's a tank in this thing. Um, we keep going on to that ending and the cliffhanger. And this is a great segue into episodes seven, eight, and nine, because this is where my HBO logs out. <laughs> um, so my HBO stuck and I cannot watch the show. And then I go on spring break. And then I missed that's I missed the Sunday, and then I missed another Sunday. Um, oh no, is that what was the Oscar Sunday? Was that the Oscar Sunday when I came back that day? No, it was, you came. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You came back Oscar okay, Sunday. So then, so I came back home right on Saturday, right before Oscar Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched all three of them then. And so I figured Joel would still be alive, but my thoughts when I saw it before my HBO shut down and all that was. I don't think I figured something's going to happen with one of these two characters. My thought when I began this like so, this show was, I don't think both of these two are getting out of this thing alive. Mm-hmm. So if Joe was to die, I would be like, okay, you know, understandable. But I'm like, Ellie is not where she needs to be. I know this game ends where Ellie needs to be. So I, I'm pretty sure Joel's like coming back to life. Like I wasn't that concerned about Joel. I was like, for a second, I was. But I was like, once again, process of elimination. I think Joel has to come back. And then, of course, we saw a spoiler on Facebook with the fucking giraffes. I'm like, cool. Anyway, oh. though, dude, keep that going. Uh, episode 7, we get a whole flashback of Ellie. Um, and she's just young and with her friend. And this is where we find out, you know, Ellie had to kill her friend, which is, once again, pretty tragic. Um, she was part of Ferda or Fedra, fuck it's called. The Fireflies. And, yeah, yeah fire, well, no, Ellie was part of Fedra, dude. Yeah, I'm saying her friend was Fireflies. Oh, yeah, yeah her, her friend was, her friend was a Firefly. Yeah. It was cool, dude. They were drinking some alcohol, and I'm like, damn, dude, 20-year, let's say it was like whiskey or bourbon because that shit was dark. That's wicked, dude. I'd be plastered if I'm drinking that many sips that they drank. Um, Just call me a lightweight, whatever, dude, but I would be blasted at that point. Um, But they keep going on. They're chilling or whatever. She has to kill them. Real sad. Upset they didn't show that. I got to be honest with you. Um, keep going on. Then the next episode, dude, is then we're, we're ramping up to the, we're ramping up to the final, dude. Ramping up to the finale. It is a weird fucking episode, dude, but it's a great one. It's with the cult, um, religion. They're eating humans. It's like, what the fuck is this, like, pastor guy doing? This guy's a fucking freak. Mm. Um, and then we keep going on, dude, and then he tries to, you know, um molest her at the end of the episode and you're like what the fuck is happening where the hell's joel joel's recovering he's not there ellie has to save herself and then they finally get that big hug at the end dude and you're like damn joel joel accepts that he's a dad and ellie has now lost any innocence that she did have um before then we get to the final episode dude well, hold on, hold on. We'll wait for the final episode we'll wait for that one. Oh, my bad dude no you're my good bad. you're good dog you're good we're gonna I'll wait for that final episode because I'm very curious for your thoughts on that too, dude. Oh, okay. So yeah, so that that those are two episodes, but I watched all three. Of the, I watched like the, all three of them back to back instead of watching the Oscars. I watched The Last of Us. That's right. You didn't watch the Oscars live. We were talking about on our LFG link yeah, down yeah. below for those people who didn't get a chance to listen to that. We have Brian there. 
You know, that was a great time, dude. That was the second time we've done the Oscars, you know, right afterwards. So, shameless plug for this episode. Go check that out. <laughs> but, um, Brandon, what were your thoughts on episode seven, man? Or um, seven and eight, excuse me. Yeah, because uh, episode seven was the DLC yes. of the last one. So, that's, um, uh, what was her friend's name again? What was Ellie's friend name? Riley. Riley, that's right. Um, so yeah, they're at the mall, um, and this abandoned mall, and, um, it's just nice, uh, it was just a nice episode to see Ellie had, like, this, I guess this, like, last final, uh, happy moment before, uh, she gets, like, or she gets, like, hit with the infection, Mm -hmm. where it's, like, starting to become prominent into her life now. So I, I, I did, like, I did like how they... Um, we created that from the from the DLC, and um, for this like just this last glimpse of I guess joy uh, for Ellie really. Um, again, like nothing nothing too crazy, but again uh, another another good episode uh, to show that. Um, and then yeah, episode eight was a real. <laughs> it was an episode. Um, shout out to Troy Baker. He was he was the ally to the um, to the preacher guy. So shout out to Troy Baker. Absolutely. Um, he was great in that episode too. By the way, I did I, I liked um, I I liked how he portrayed it. Um, the guy. Um, uh, yeah, that episode was just so suspenseful and just cre- so creepy. Um, and when they got to that um, steakhouse scene. It just brought back flashbacks of me having to replay that scene over and over yeah. and over <laughs> and over again <laughs> just to get away from that fucking creep in the video game. So that brought back um, trauma to me. Um, but I like how it was short and sweet here for this episode. That was, so that was a nice change of pace <laughs> from my experience of the game. Um, but yeah, this is where, yeah, what what you guys said whatever innocence there was left of Ellie was just gone when she just fucking massacred this preacher in the steakhouse with the fire surrounding it and everything. Uh, it was, and then Joel and Ellie like finally like embrace mm. as this kind of like father daughter relationship, not quite, but like it just in, in spirit. Um, so yeah, it was just a great episode. I was kind of hoping this would be, a two-parter, um, and then, uh, which is going to be one of my, like, little nitpicks with the show, but we'll get with that, um, we'll discuss that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually anticipating this to be, um, a two-part situation, but no, they just kind of all just shrunk it down to one kind of big episode. I think it was, like, 50 minutes or something like that that they did. Um, it was still a great episode, and, um, you could... Yeah, it was just it was just a really great episode from. Um. I feel you, man. Um, episode seven is the DLC for the first game. Um, I didn't have ever played the DLC for Last of Us. Oh, you um, never played the DLC? No. So this was completely blind to me, um, and I really oh, enjoyed okay. having at least one episode. I mean, obviously the Bill and Frank stuff's new, um, but this was kind of enjoyable to kind of like go into an episode blind for once. Um, I really like that it's this whole thought process of Ellie, like, remembering during this pivotal moment of saving Joel, 
Um, I'm not sure if that sequence, that scene of her at the top of the staircase, is in the game or not. But I really like how this is portrayed in the show, for sure. Um, very tragic. I like the girl that plays Riley. Of course, she's Zendaya's sister in Euphoria, which is kind of funny to me because very early on in this show, I said, obviously, this was, like, this year's Euphoria. Um, it's really cool seeing her do another Yep, props project. to her, too, because uh, she's having a movie come out, too, right around this time. So mm -hmm. getting a little bit more publicity to her name, too. So good for her. Absolutely. I mean, she gave a great performance in that episode of uh, in season two of Euphoria as well when Rue just loses her fucking shit. We talked about that in the podcast before, Danilo. Um, so it was really cool seeing her actually have some more weight in this episode as well in this show. Um, the whole, like, hit, not hidden, but like, the tucked away mall and everyone not knowing that this thing is in fully infected is really, like, fun. You know, it's it's a weird balance of innocence and, like, the realization this world is kind of complete shit um, that I really enjoy of this whole sequence. And obviously, er, in the mall as well, it's visually just gorgeous of all the lights being turned on in the arcade and whatnot. Um, you, the big whole episode where Ellie has that battle, you said it best, Brian, or Brandon, excuse me. I had to play that fucking boss fight in that steakhouse so many goddamn times. <laughs> the worst is the worst. It was so, oh my god. So pain, so much pain from that. So fucking much. I probably spent like an hour at least trying to do that fight, man. Um, Bro, I probably spent maybe, yeah, probably longer than that, maybe, right about the same time. It was just so aggravating and annoying to play through. It was. In a good way. In a good way. And I think what is really cool about this episode, well, cool maybe isn't the right word for this, actually. What I, what, what I think is, is, is very well done of this episode, of the weight, is obviously with the show, we, we don't have the chance to sit with that boss fight as long as the game, so the character isn't as creepy. Because he's, in the game, if I'm not mistaken, he doesn't attempt to, like, sexually assault Ellie. He just wants to kill her and eat her. Because it's the whole call of, like, cannibals. I, I could have remembered he he was, like, sexually assaulting her. But I guess, yeah, I haven't played the game in a while. So maybe my memory's a little foggy. Maybe mine part. is, too. But, like, I don't remember that at all from the game. So I was like, this is a this is totally, like, a, a unique way to make this a lot heavier of an mm -hmm. impact for the show. A weird twist. I'm not saying... I think it's very well written. I think it's the best way to put it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because visually, he's creepier in the game, and the boss fight, the dude's in the dark, crouching around the corners in the kitchen around the steakhouse, you're constantly having to throw things over your shoulder to, like, distract him constantly. Um, so it's a really interesting way to make him actually creepier in here, for sure. Um, yeah, man, and I love, love, love seeing, like, Ellie just murder the fuck out of this dude with the knife at the end of this. Just obliterate Brutalize the dude, yeah. Like, he, this was like Art the Clown kind of shit from Terrifier, is what it felt like. <laughs> um, incredible performance by Bella Ramsey. These two episodes really, really, really sold me for her as Ellie. You know, at first it was a bit odd. Um, I don't know the actress's name, I'm sorry for this, but one of the girls who's in Booksmart, if you guys have ever seen that film, one of the lead girls in that, I always thought was like, that was my number one pick for Ellie. And part of me, and I think I talked about this on the show way back when too, was a bit disappointed that she wasn't cast as Bella Ramsey. Especially when it was revealed that she was the runner-up for Ellie in the show. Because I think she looks more like Ellie and she sounds like her too. Um, so I liked Bella Ramsey throughout the whole show, and very early on as well, but part of me always is like, yeah, 
she's playing Ellie. You know, I never felt that she was Ellie up until these two episodes were really sitting with her and seeing her transform where all innocence is stripped from her. We're fully in this apocalyptic world, you know. Um, just this great performance by her, for sure. Brian, what were some of your thoughts on these two episodes? Uh, yeah, these two episodes were great. So starting with uh, episode seven, Left Behind, the DLC, um, I I really like that. Um, again, I'll uh, reiterate, you kind of start that episode out with um, Ellie at the, the Fedra school camp thing or whatever mm-hmm. she's at. So you're, so you're getting a little bit of perspective from fedra and then obviously you go on this uh on this journey into the mall and uh a the mall looks unbelievable uh good job set designers and uh cg artists making that making that mall come to life uh that's amazing um what i what i really liked about this i mean obviously you're exploring you know ellie and and their relationship uh her and riley um it's laying kind of the groundwork for what we what we get later um there was so much like undercurrent of tension in mm-hmm. this thing like you, you just knew something bad was going to happen uh, any second and they did a really good job of pacing it out and and just dangling it in front of you and not letting it you know get in the way of the story in any kind of way uh just keeping that tension uh lying in and then obviously um you know as as they get bit when the that uh you know quicker comes in there but uh yeah i, I really liked uh, the episode uh, left behind it was one of my favorites of the season uh when we are in need um also really really good um the mall looked great in that episode uh i loved the way the steakhouse looked in this episode where the like this cult was having their meeting and they were sitting at like these white tablecloth tables in this you know vacant uh steakhouse i thought that that was great um i i really liked kind of her interactions and and like you too i she, Bella, Bella Ramsey's really coming into her own as Ellie um, in these two episodes, you specifically this one. Um, and, you know, partially, you know, no fault to Bella Ramsey. She just she didn't really have anything to do other than, you know, be quippy and and swear and and tell mm-hmm. jokes like Ellie does. Right. Kind of kind of leading up to that. I mean, there were there were some glimpses of it, you know, especially kind of at the tail end of the Bill and Frank episode, um, you know, through parts and especially at the end of uh, the Kansas City section. But, you know, really, you know, this was this was her episode. Right. This was her time to shine um, in this role. And and she did. Um, and, and yeah, I thought it was amazing. Um, I, I think the, the sexual assault aspect, I think, was more implied in the game as he kind of tries to recruit her to this cannibal uh cult and it, it strung out a little bit i mean i think brandon you said um i wish this would have been split into two episodes or maybe elongated a little bit i i kind of agree to a point but i also kind of disagree because that's a lot of time without having joel you know kind of laid up mm-hmm. uh there on that bed over the course of you know it's it's already been you know two episodes now so if you add a third one of him you know not fully functioning that that could have been a little long in the tooth maybe um, so I could see maybe why they, they truncated it a little bit, but yeah, obviously then, you know, we're left with, uh, Ellie bathed in blood and, uh, never to be the same, uh, coming in, uh, completely changed, uh, going into the final act here. I think it, with you guys talking about this, possibly it would have been better being two parts. I think if we hadn't had the DLC episode, the left behind one, and we just went straight into this and that would have worked out better to flesh that whole sequence out because Joel's on the bed, like you said, Brian. Um, yeah, I, I just thought it, I just thought it was a little weird, like having the preacher just have just to be in one like single episode because mm-hmm. he just seemed he just seemed like a more of a bigger character than he should be. 
I guess maybe that's from my recollection of the game. You're right, because there's a whole sequence where he and Ellie are going against infected when they're having their little meeting when uh, Troy Baker's character goes off. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Um, so yeah, maybe that's just that's just what I thought of because it just seemed more of like 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 again this like little side quest thing, and he was just like like a little mini boss for uh, Ellie to beat, which I mean is true in the game, but. It just felt more like it in this episode to mm-hmm. me, so that's why I felt like it should have been longer than what we got. Okay, I feel on that, dude. Um, Danilo, what are your thoughts on episode 7 and 8? Yeah, so 7 was when they were out drinking and everything, having a good time. I that was cool, really liked it. Um, it's always that old TV trope, though, of we're going to show you at least three-fourths of our season, and in the last fourth we're going to go back to, you know, day one. And I'm like, okay, you know, it's just the same TV formulaic uh, thing that they do. I don't know why. I don't know who started it, but it's just something they do for some reason. Um, and I really like the episode, dude. I, I like how we learned more about Ellie and we saw that Ellie, like, really cared like for someone at one point. Like, she really did, you know. And I think that then mirrors how much she cares about Joel, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but in a different sense, you know, because that's her father figure that she now has where she didn't get one growing up. You know, and if she did, it was the Fedra guy. And it's like, the fuck? Fuck this Fedra guy. Um, but I am disappointed we didn't see your killer friend. That did upset me. I was like, I wanted to see that. I felt like I needed to see that more to solidify that Ellie had to do some bad shit. Like, like Ellie's, Ellie's been tainted or whatever since basically birth. Like, she's not growing up in a good world. She has to do a lot of shitty things. And unfortunately, she has to do these shitty things to survive. Where, you know, where Joel, on the other hand, kind of did it to, like, more for beneficial reasons. Where, you know, I think it would be good then contrast that with Ellie, where she just had to do it to actually survive. Mm. Um, then we get to the next episode, which was with the pastor and everything. Whoever wrote the pastor did an, a- and whoever cast that guy did an absolutely phenomenal job with just finding someone who was a fucking creep. You know, and just getting like the lines delivered to Q, basically. Like, like it was a horrifying performance. Mm-hmm. Anytime that guy talked, you saw he held authority over every one of his men, and there was always an edge to him. There was always something more he wanted. I just thought the acting by him was phenomenal. Um, and then this episode left me with some questions as well. I was like, okay, since Ellie actually did bit him, is he gonna turn into an infected? Like, I didn't know, like, maybe it's fledged out in the game, but it made me wonder, like, what, does he, like, actually fledge out? Who knows? Then also we get the other um, aspect of it where they're eating humans, and I'm like, well, that's kind of, that's that's pretty intense. And then going back to, you know, Brian and uh, Brandon, I felt like the episode could have been at least one and a half. Like, maybe not full, two full episodes, but one and a half. Because mm. when I'm watching Joel kick ass... It's like okay, dude. Like, like this is the, like this is probably the most non-believable thing in the show. And I know that's kind of stupid to say when it's a show about infected and you know all the everything that they're doing. Like he's he get you know like I get it's a non-believable show, but they keep it believable and they keep me in the world. But this was the only time I felt like I was taken out of it when Joel was up there and just kicking ass, dude. And like he's torturing them, stabbing them, all that shit. Um, and then once again we see how Joel's just ruthless. You know, like he's, he's just killing these people. Like we just see how much he cares about Ellie in this episode for sure as well. And the ending obviously was beautiful as well when they come together at the end. 
Yeah, truly, dude. Especially that embrace where he's trying to like calm her, like baby girl, baby girl. That's very emotional. Yeah, yeah. Very emotional. Danilo, it's time. Man. Let's go ahead and give this recap for uh, the finale. Yeah, so finale happens. Um, Ellie's just fucking sad and depressed. I don't know who wouldn't be. She's having an out-of-mind experience for a good 20 minutes of this episode. But then her and Joel see a giraffe and they have a good time. Um, they finally get to the lab. They finally get to the fireflies. The fireflies are like, yada, yada, yada. We're here to save you guys. Well, they don't really save them. They shoot them and then they tear gas them. It's like, what the fuck, guys? What the hell just happened? Um, thought we were the same team. Guess not. Um, Joel's now in a hospital room recovering. We meet, we see Ellie give, Ellie's mom give birth to Ellie. Um, we then see the girl who then is like helping the doctors with the fireflies who has to kill Ellie's mom. Who Marlene. Be- yeah, Marlene, who they've been best friends with, yada, yada, yada. We keep going on or whatever. And then um, we go to the, the hospital, dude. And Pedro's like, or Joel is like, hey, what's up with my girl Ellie, dude? Where is she? And they're like, oh, we're going to reproduce brain membrane something dude they're just reproducing something where they need to like cut out her brain um and joel said fuck that dog and he just turns into john wick basically and he takes out the entire fucking crew and then he takes out marlene and then he saves ellie from getting the treatment and saving the entire planet potentially potentially we have no idea if it would have ever worked um at least in this game um maybe it's answered in game number two i didn't play it but anyway though dude they leave they go back to wyoming they're chilling before they get to the camp or whatever ellie's like yo joel was all that shit you told me true man and joel's like yep and ellie said okay and that's how it ends yeah man um first of all i'm very curious because you're the black sheep in this situation what did you think of the ending for this um it was very abrupt I was like, is this really the ending? But I loved what Joel did when he just went in there and just tore the place up for Ellie, dude. I was like, that, like that, that's my boy right there. Like, that's some good shit, Joel. Don't lose another dog. You lost basically everyone else. Don't lose at least one. And if you, had, if you could have saved her, I'm happy you did, man. It's fair, man. Very fair. Yeah. But no, it was just abrupt. I, like, I, I didn't know how this was going to end. So, like, when it was, like, the end end where she's like, yep, like, okay. And then it just like went to black. I was like, "Oh, okay, but cool." But then it's again. What else did they have to tell? Like they're just going back to Wyoming. It's not yeah. like they do anything. So I feel you. Maybe in part two they did some stuff, but I didn't. <laughs> Brandon, what were your thoughts on on the finale, man? Uh, so first off, I want to again shout out Ashley Johnson for playing Ellie's mother. Uh. Which I don't know if you guys caught um caught caught it, um, but Ashley Johnson and Bella Ramsey look very similar to each other. So I thought that was like strangely like great casting. Mm. So I don't know if anybody caught up on that. I did when I was watching the episode. Like, oh my god, they're they look very similar. Like they could be mother and daughter. Um, but yeah, Ashley Johnson was great for um however time she had uh, in this episode. Um, so it was great seeing her. Um, great seeing both Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson in, in the show, um, just to make just to make everything just fall together very nicely um, between the game and the show. Um, so I I thought it was a solid finale, season finale. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I did like the stuff leading up to the hospital or like them leading up to um, the hospital stuff. Um, them seeing the giraffe was pretty nice. Um, and then they get fucking attacked by Fedra. Um, and then I, to me, I thought the hospital stuff was a little rushed for, to my liking. Um, especially with Joel, yeah, Joel just going fucking John Wick on everybody in there. Um, they kind of just did a little montage of it, but whatever, my opinion, I thought it was a little rushed, but I get why. Um, but... Um, again, this brought fra flashbacks to me because I had to play, I had to replay this scene over and over again in the game too. So I was like, oh my God, back to back episodes, like, uh, <laughs> enough with the nightmares. Um, so that was, that was fun to revisit just a little bit. Mm. Um, I, I kind of did like Joel kind of lying to Ellie about what happened. Just because, like, what Danilo said, like, he didn't want, he doesn't want to lose somebody else again, and rather, he'd rather just, like, you know, keep it to himself, to, just to protect her, like, the one thing he he actually did protect, um, so I thought that was real nice to them, um, and then, like, that final shot of, um, you know, uh, Ellie going up to Joel saying, hey, was all that stuff you told me in the car true? And he just goes, yeah. Um, I kind of saw it as a little bit of untrust a little bit, just a little bit. Mm. Um, cause I'm just going to say right now, I haven't played the second game. Okay. So I don't know, like from beginning to end what happens in it. I just kind of know bits and pieces. Um, but from my experience, um, this was a really good cliffhanger for season two. Uh, I, I well, I thought it was a very interesting cliffhanger, uh, to kind of, uh, go into season two uh whenever that comes out so uh yeah solid episode um kind of was expecting more like it was it was really short for you know being the season finale i thought we would at least get an hour of this um but yeah uh pretty yeah pretty good pretty good i feel you man i um i adore the the kind of the cold open of anna ellie's mom in this um, I think we kind of knew from, like, the trailers seeing her, you know, Ashley Johnson's face in this. Cause obviously, she's the voice of Ellie in the game. Um, mm -hmm. But it's really, really neat that we finally, in the show, get the question that fans have been asking for literally almost ten years now. How Ellie is immune. Um, that That's really interesting. Obviously, we see her give birth, which is shocking that, like, the adrenaline's pumping so high for going into that clicker head-to-head -head that she doesn't even realize she has the baby right then and there. Um, really, really, like, heartbreaking knowing that you got bit, got to cut that umbilical cord really, really quick. Um, I, I adore that scene, man. I adore how sad Marlene was about the, the situation, but having to just kind of suck it up and get it over with. Because it's a very, very quick death for her at that moment. Um, my biggest... My only issue with this episode was the... If I'm not mistaken, how the fireflies like come up to them is totally different because don't they get stuck in like a like a tunnel like a river and get caught into the water and as they're like coming up the fireflies like save them if I'm not mistaken I think you're right I think you're right yeah that man. does sound some very familiar like the giraffe seems great of course very happy they use an actual giraffe too really nice to see some practical stuff going wasn't on there it, what wait was it an actual giraffe yeah 
It's an actual giraffe. Oh, it, kind of, it did look CGI to me, but I, if it was real, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, it did look a little funky. I think just everything else is CGI. So it's like it, a, could, it nah. could be maybe that nah, that could be. Yeah. Um. So great scene, of course, of that. But the fireplace coming does feel a little bit abrupt. Like it is a weird transition to the hospital. I will admit that. Um, as far as the hospital stuff goes, it. Obviously, it feels longer because you're playing Joel, going room to room, hall to hall, taking everybody out. And part of me does wish the hospital sequence was a bit longer almost. But as far as Joel's actions going through and wiping everybody out, that is heavy as hell. I like that it's mm-hmm. just completely silent during the whole thing. Um, the lingering shots are incredible. It, it, it's, this is it's very heavy hitting through like from start to finish in that whole sequence. Um, I'm very glad that the nurse gets some lines, some dialogue. Obviously, Brian, you know I'm going with this when we see Joel enter in the operating room. Um, also, we get a nice cameo again, one of the voice actresses for Abby, who is one of the nurses as well in this sequence, which is a nice little surprise. Oh, the I last think it was cameo. Uh, Laura Bailey, right? Laura Bailey. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's nice seeing a little last minute cameo pushed in here too. Um, and, and obviously we all know the ending, well, other than Daniel in this situation. We all knew where this ending was going, and I'm very glad it stuck to its guns and it stuck to the source material. I was really worried that it wouldn't be an abrupt ending, honestly. I was, and I know there was debate apparently recently too that came out that the writers were debating having them go down the hill, and we see them walk off into Jackson for the show, compared to it being abrupt just like the game. Um, so I was very thrilled to see that that sequence... Stay the same. Um, the Marlene death hit just as hard as the game for me. Um, but I was very impressed by how the, the Joel's actions, it was definitely a situation where less was more. Right? don't have to spend a whole 10-minute sequence of him going through every room. I don't have to see him ducking for cover like we are in the game. Yeah, you know? That's true. Um, that was very well put together, very well directed and edited, for sure. Um, I love this finale. You know, from start to finish, basically. just It's kind of odd, you know, the pacing, just because we have played the game. But as far as just from looking at the show alone, I think it's an incredible finale. Um, it's just a weird thing, comparing constantly. But that's, as someone who's played the game, that's what you're going to do back and forth. That's part of the fun with this, for sure. Um, Brian, what were your thoughts on the finale? Yeah, the the finale was great. And um, one, of the, one of the things about The Last of Us, just as a video game series, is it's not... I don't want to say that it's divisive, but it's it definitely is like a thought um, exercise that people have in the way that you interpret things and the decisions that are made. So I think that uh, this finale does a really good job as you know holding holding true to that. I think that you know you get you get a lot of the the same kind of feelings you know about the way this played out here too. Um, I love the opening sequence uh, with the mother and Marlene. That was uh, fantastic, and I really like kind of the opening. Uh, sequence then with Joel and Ellie where they're having their truths. Um, Danilo mentioned it. I think Brandon did too. Um, you know, in the Left Behind, you wanted to see um, Ellie kill Riley in that mall, but that takes the entire momentum out of this conversation that they're having where Ellie tells Joel that the first person that she killed was Riley. That conversation doesn't mean anything if we would have seen it two episodes ago. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's, um, that's really important, and I really like the way that that was handled. Um, there, obviously the giraffe is amazing. Uh, love a giraffe, have giraffes and more shows. That would be great. Um, I did think that the, the hospital sequence was maybe a little short. Um, 
Although I would say in most instances, I would rather things be a little short than a little long. So um, I'm okay with that. Um, I do wish that maybe this could have been, even with what we got, maybe had it just been re-edited a little bit to uh, cut in, you know, Marlene sacrificing, um, you know, Ellie's mother, um, you know, a, you know, gunning her down uh, there. If that would have been spliced in maybe a little bit later when she was having that conversation with Joel as a way to kind of pit, um, you know, Ellie's, Ellie's soul in life as a battle between her surrogate mother and her surrogate father. Um, I thought that that would have um, been interesting in a way to play off of that a little bit more. But um, and then, yeah, obviously the, you know, the ending, it, it just kind of kind of hits right there and you're left wondering whether Joel did the right thing or or not uh, which is how the game ends and it's how the show ended and i liked it a lot i have very little complaints about the the way they wrapped it up so i agree man i agree like like you said the show leaves you wondering like because it's a weird situation of joel's actions because joel's not a good person per se but you have to question whether he's right or wrong just because of it you know um danilo i know you gave some of your thoughts earlier beginning of this segment but what are your overall thoughts on this finale? You know, now we've gone full spoilers for it. Well, they gave it the Godfather treatment, and that was the only thing, like, I'd say, like, how I felt after, like, watching this. Like, Ellie knows that Joel's lying to her, and but she just, like, chooses to believe the truth is, like, my interpretation of it. Like, she just chooses to believe Joel because we get that line before saying, like, she'll follow him until the end of the world. You know, so, like, it doesn't matter what what Joel says. She's going to believe it just so she can like try and have some peace, I guess, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, the hospital sequence, I, I don't know. It didn't feel too short to me. Um, it didn't feel too long. It felt fine. Um, but the sound design when he like went tank mode was pretty cool for sure. Where was the, the theme like slowed down and like, you know, muffled like that was it. And then the sound was like muffled. Like sound design was really good on that. Um, the thing, my problem was this whole episode was, why the fuck the Fireflies, like, kind of just attack them instantly? Like, didn't they know they were coming? Like, doesn't Marlene know what this girl looks like? Like, I didn't understand what the whole attacking part was. It just seemed, like, a bit out of place, in my opinion. Just, like, all right, they get to the science lab, and they just got attacked. But they're going to help you? Like, what the hell? But whatever. Um, but I, I did watch, then, gameplay at of the end of this. Because um, I was wondering, like, is this really how the game ends? Like... Was it that abrupt, just like then it was? I was like, well, that's pretty cool, actually. You know, sets up for just, like, interpretations and theories and all that fun stuff. Because obviously I don't think anyone, you know, I think, I don't know when the second game came out, how long after this one came out, but, you know. It came out in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I was at my own apartment when it came out. Yeah, so it, like, probably wasn't, in, it probably wasn't in the works, though, when this game was announced and then ended, you know? So, like, when people played it, they were like, oh, cool ending. yeah. I feel you on that, man. I feel you on that. So let me go ahead and ask you this, man. As, as a whole, now we've talked episode by episode, basically for this whole show. As a whole, what are your thoughts on this? At the Last of Us, I really loved it. I loved everything about it. I thought it was great. I thought we saw a nice relationship flourish. Um, like I mentioned earlier, it's a show about loss, just everyone losing someone, um, and how they deal with it, and how they choose not to deal with it. Almost like Joel couldn't have dealt with the fact he was about to lose Ellie again. He would lose his daughter again. You know. Whether that be his adopted daughter or whatever, dude, like he couldn't handle that fact. So that's what he did. What he did. Um, we see it with uh, we see it throughout this entire show, just how everyone deals with the loss in different ways. I just thought it was a really interesting concept for a show too. With you know, like Brian said earlier as well, a backdrop of zombies. 
but it's just basically about humans and how they interact with one another mm. and how their relationships are formed. So I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was great. Um, thought it was the right amount of episodes. Didn't seem like it was too many. Didn't seem like it was too short. Felt like they hit the sweet spot with nine. Um, and they were able to tell a 20-hour story, if that's what the gameplay is, in, you know, nine, ten, and eleven hours, let's say. So I thought they did a pretty good job. Okay. What would you rate the show as a whole? Probably a Bassman on its way to Coruscant, for sure. Um, those middle two episodes are the only thing really that's holding it back. And it took me a while to get on board with Ellie, but once I was on board, I was on board. Um, so it makes me kind of want to rewatch it, knowing what I know now. You know, okay. seeing if I, if I warm up to Ellie a bit more earlier than I did, you know. But no, it's for sure a Bassman on its way to Coruscant. I loved it. That was great, though. This is thankfully getting a physical release in a steelbook as well, so maybe you can pick that up to rewatch it sometime. You know, I had no idea. Thank you, HBO. Thank it's you, a 4K at that, too. Apple TV, if you would like to do that, that would be excellent, because I would love to have Ted Lasso physically, but it's okay. <laughs> Brandon, what is your, uh, your thoughts on the show as a whole and your rating for this thing? Yeah, I really, really enjoyed the show. Um, the themes and the, uh, the emotional um, bits to it just shine throughout this whole show. Um, like Danilo said, this was a show about loss and trying to find something uh, in this life to like really care for and uh, to love. And um, I kind of find the similarities of how I feel about everything and everywhere all at once, kind of like the same kind of thematic elements to it, um, in my opinion. Um, I think the whole cast shined. Um, I, I wouldn't change any, I, I wouldn't change any casting choice. Um, Pedro Pascal is on such a roll right now and I think it's great. Uh, he's just such a likable and just, just kind of cool guy, you know, and, you know, having this show and then Mandalorian just kind of like, you know, interloping between each other mm -hmm. or kind of like inter, yeah, interacting with each other is nice for his career, um, nice for him um, Bella Ramsey, I think, was really, really, really good in this uh, whole show. Um, as like you guys are saying, she, uh, as the show was going on, she was getting better and better um, with her um, with her character and really like imp um, embodying Ellie as a character. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, personally, I would have maybe one, maybe two episodes at the most. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have it any more than that um the sweet yeah i mean nine was you know uh was like right at the right enough for the story to be told uh the way honestly it really should be um mm. yeah i would give this definitely a best spin for sure um i mean i have yeah definitely a little minor grips of uh, minor nitpicks and gripes with it um but you not, I mean, they don't overshadow like the whole beauty of what the show um, really is about, and it really does justice to the game. Um, just kind of incorporating it, like with it being its own thing, while also being an adaptation. And again, like I said earlier, it was. Um, I'm really glad Neil Druckmann. Um, was a showrunner for this show. Um, he also wrote the show too, right? And he directed like, an episode too as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I was it's mm -hmm. so glad that he was just 
full on board with this because this was his baby, uh, yeah. um, in a sense. So um, I'm glad he was able to be a part of it and tell it the way he wanted to tell it, um, which makes the changes in itself that much more um, for the better, at least, just because it was his show um, or it was his story to begin with. So he's able to do however he wants with the story for the show. Um, but yeah, Bestman all the way, no doubt. Okay, man, I feel you. Um, for me as well, dude, like, there's, I do have some gripes of this piece, obviously, or this show as a whole, comparing it to the game, um, and those flaws don't overshadow anything, like you said as well, for the most part, um, but when I'm not comparing this to the game, you know, as just The Last of Us HBO, basically, I don't mind that the infected aren't as prominent, I don't mind that the fungi, the whole, like, the spore stuff, the spores are a complete huge like, gameplay mechanic within the system. Like, you're... It's constantly brought up. It's constantly brought up in the sequel as well. That's completely absent from this. Um, so despite there being less infected, no spores, we're not really having those weird long-term banter moments where we're doing, like, the puzzle sequences going through some of, like, the... Like, elevator shafts or, like, the basement boiler rooms in a certain building. Stuff like that. Despite all that being absent or just changed a bit... I really like the flow of this show. Um, this is a Coruscant for me. I was completely impressed through this. Um, this makes me really, really wish that Uncharted got a show treatment instead of that shitty movie last year. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Really, really wish that was better. Um, I can't wait for season two. I hope season two improves on this, and I think the best way season two can, and I think they are going in this direction, is if, if part two is multiple seasons broken up. I know that we're confirmed for, I think, two full seasons for part two story. I honestly hope we get third. You know, it's three different chopped up sections. I know Brian is exactly what I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil it because both you and Daniel haven't played this yet. Um, but man, I, I just can't wait to see how this tops for in the further with the sequel. I really can't wait for it. Um, but this is a Coruscant for sure. Really, really enjoyed this. Um, and Pedro's on a roll, like you said, Brandon. Not just that, he has, uh, he has a short film coming out, too, with Ethan Hawke, which I can't wait for. That'll be really cool to see. Oh, yeah, kind of like the the short film, like Brokeback Mountain kind of short film, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it'll be it's like half an hour long. That comes out soon. So he's really on a roll, man. On yeah, he's on a hot streak right now. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, by all means, by all means. I'll start it because of Wonder Woman. <laughs> Shout out to Wonder Woman 1984. Dang, yep. that dude blows my mind that was our third podcast episode. Blows my fucking mind. <laughs> we did that with soul. Can you believe that, Danilo? There's, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Wonder Woman 1984 was better than Shazam that you just talked about earlier. <laughs> I so. liked 1984, dude. I don't know what anyone's <laughs> saying. I liked that movie. Yeah, you would, dude. You would. So. <laughs> we got a comment here saying Pedro can do no wrong. Absolutely fucking right, dude. Pedro can't. Brian... Fact. What is your final thoughts and ratings on The Last of Us as a whole? Um, so not much else to add uh, uh, beyond what you guys said. Uh, this was an excellent adaptation. You have your uh, you know best adapted screenplay Oscar. If there was one for uh, video game adaptation, this would uh, take the prize uh, there for sure. It did. It did so much stuff that was excellent for people who had played the game. Right? It was. It was enough of an homage to to the game but expanded upon what we knew, what we could learn. Um, 
you know, story beats that you don't get, right? If you don't go around and read all of those little uh, pieces of paper you find on the ground, you don't you don't learn half of the stuff that we just saw in the TV show, and that's amazing. It did an excellent job of bringing in people who haven't uh, played the game. Danilo, uh, you watched it, you loved it, um, never played the game, so obviously it was it was there for that. And you know, I, I've played the game. I played the game several times on on multiple different versions of PlayStation systems. Um, so the, the story is very, very dear to me. So the exciting thing for me, um, like I said at the top, was you know watching this every week with my wife who had no idea about the story and seeing how she reacted to it, how she responded to all of these beloved characters that were that were meeting and you know eat their meet their uh, brutal end. You know that was that was as much fun as playing the game and you know taking the story in uh for me in the first place so um on that level it was it was excellent the acting was excellent the direction was excellent the writing uh was excellent and i can't wait for part two um it's a story that i like probably even better than this one uh to mm. be honest so so i'm i'm really excited to to see what they do and and how they can uh handle it and improve on it and you know just bringing us the story because it's it's a great one that people need to hear so uh coruscant for me i'm very excited about it and now i've you know we've seen the whole series so i'm excited to go back and kind of kind of do like some like pseudo binge like over a weekend uh take this whole uh thing in you know in one sitting and and see how i feel about it again after that but yeah i absolutely loved it it was great Couldn't agree just, more, out man. just out of curiosity um for max and brian um for non-spoilery, non-spoilery, because I probably will end up playing this game. How do you guys feel about Last of Us Part Two? Because I know it's very divisive um, amongst the audience. So I would just kind of want to know what your general review of it is. I I really like Part Two. However, I understand why people get upset about some of the some of the story choices. Um, for me, it's a weird thing. I compare Last of Us Part Two to Last Jedi quite frequently because um, I have okay. majors of Last Jedi that some people don't have issues with, and it's very comparable to this. Um, I think why I like Part Two so much is because I didn't play Part One immediately when it came out, so I, I don't okay. know. I didn't have as much as a long-term connection to that first game. Um, but I like Part Two, and I think gameplay-wise, it blows the first one out of the water. You know, I haven't played the PS5 remake, which I assume incorporates some of the mechanics and different playstyles from Part 2 into the Part 1 now. Um, but just from going from the PS4 remaster to Part 2 on PS4, Part 2 plays so well. Um, it's so much fun. It's a very... it's Gameplay is almost flawless, I'd say. It's very well done. Okay. What about you, Brian? Um, yeah, so... So I'd obviously I'd played part one several times before I played uh, part two, which came out in 2020, you know, right before oh, everyone bad. went into lockdown. And and mm -hmm. if I do recall, I think someone at Naughty Dog like leaked the script yep. or something yep. right they before gameplay and script. So so people read it and then it got review bombed to hell for all the reasons that yeah. trolls on the internet review bomb things um so you can go ahead and figure that out for yourself i'm not going to get into any of that so i think it was kind of always fighting an uphill battle because then people saw that and were like oh well this isn't going to be as good as the first one throw it away but i uh, i i love it it's brilliant the last of us part two so um yeah like i said i i probably if if you made me pick that would be a really really mean thing to do but yeah last of us part two i think i is my favorite of the two stories i think I don't blame you. Okay. Two, two does more as well, which is really interesting. 
Um, I have the Mondo soundtracks as well, dude, which are just incredible for both games. I also have the the cover soundtrack for the sequel as well. Um, oh, nice. So, so good, dude. Oh, I'm, I'm very glad some of those songs we got to make it into the show as well. Um, really just adds on to that experience if you play both of them previously, you know. So damn good. So damn good. Danilo, man, I think it's going to wrap it up for this week, bro. I think that does indeed, man. I think that does indeed. What we got going on next week, bro? Do you know? We got John Wick, dude. A trilogy that I love that has now been turned into a quadrilogy. So <laughs> I'm pumped for that, dude. Rest in peace to the man, though, who passed away, though, just the other day from the franchise. Lance Reddick. Yeah, very sad, man. Very sad. When I saw that, I was a bit sad. I was like, damn, dude. I really liked him in John Wick. Don't know him from other work, but uh, it was sad, man. Was He's sad. in Lost as well. He mentioned Lost earlier. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Oh. He's in Lost. He's in The Wire. He's, mm. he's yeah. in like a million things. The Wire, he's, yeah. He's, and that was his great. other one. Yeah. No, he's a good actor. Yeah, man. I know he's playing, or he's voicing Hellboy in an upcoming project in like an animated film, which would be pretty cool. Uh, cool. Um, rest in peace. Yeah, that's that's what sucks. But yeah, John Wick's next week. Very excited for those. I haven't seen two or three, so, you know, it'll be first time watches for me. Pretty pumped for that. Um, Ford's getting incredible reviews so far, so that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm pro- I might I might take a trip out home to the good old AMC Dolby, because last time, dude, John Wick three, they were in like the desert or something. Mm-hmm. All you heard was gunfire for five minutes in the Dolby theater, dude. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. You'll get to you know exactly what scene I get to. It's uh, him and whatever the girl was who was with them, and they're just firing, dude, on all cylinders, literally. And then two dogs come in, but. For five minutes, you're just hearing gunfire, dude, in the Dolby Theater. It was kind of, it was kind of cool, dude. It was kind of cool. Dang, I can't wait to watch that, dude. I have the collector's edition of three for some reason, full coin. Oh, so, nice. way to give that a watch finally. But yeah, man, we also got an LFG dropping this week, talking Shazam, Fear of the Gods. Check that out. I had uh, Gamer Harold with me, and also Alex Reams, my cinematographer. But yeah, yep. check those out. Uh, Brian, of course, I appreciate you coming on, man. You're like, you're no stranger to the show. You're always welcome back on here. here every other week for us, obviously. Um, yep. Where can our listeners find you and your podcast, both of them, if uh, they aren't following me already, man? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks uh, so much for having me on. It's always a good time to come on and chat with you guys and talk about movies and TV shows, all that stuff. Uh, you can uh, find me and my podcast wherever you're listening to this one. Uh, you can go to uh, Drink the Movies. Uh, we're doing a uh, movie and a cocktail each week. We're doing uh, the first John Wick uh, this coming uh, week. So so we'll have to uh, compare uh, notes there on that one because I've never seen any of the John Wicks. So I got to I gotta watch three John Wicks this week so I can get ready for oh. John Wick 4. Um, so we're doing that. And then uh, the Old Republic podcast, which is a Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic theme podcast. But we do branch out from time to time. And our Last of Us episode comes out uh, this Friday. So if uh, this wasn't enough Last of Us chat... Uh, you can go check that one out on Friday when that one comes out. So, uh, yeah, check them out if you feel like it. Thank you. Hell yeah, man. Definitely check it out, guys. Links down below all as well. Um, next, dude, I don't know, man. I'm expecting for you to incorporate a hollaback girl into your show at some point. Uh, I might have to I might have to do that. I need to uh, search out this bar and uh, figure it out. See if I can get some, uh, like, CCTV footage of you uh, up on the table dancing, drinking your drink. <laughs> You know, Gwen Stefani style. Come on. Hell yeah, man. That'd be great. That'd be great. We'll have to rip it sometime, man. <laughs> right after there the four go. loco of Kevin Smith. Right after the four <laughs> loco. That, that's right. That's right. I yeah. can't wait, dude. I can't wait, man. God. Kevin, I need you to reply to my tweet, dog. I'm trying to get you on here, man. That's a shout out to that's you, right. bro. Shout Let's out do to it. you. <laughs> 
gosh. For our listeners, go ahead, join our Facebook fan club, the Galaxy Film Fan Group, to find out for some exclusive and early release stuff going on. Um, Danilo, your film, Catalina's Curse, is now available and is officially the highest viewed thing on our channel, dude. You've beaten my film like a surgeon. Congratulations to that, man. Um, very proud of how your film's doing, man. Can be more proud of it. So, Thank you. listeners, Thank you. check that out if you haven't already. It's a great watch. It's 16-ish minutes long, so why wouldn't yeah. you watch it, you know? It's shorter yeah, than The Last of Us. Yeah, something to do. Turn it on. Put it in the background while you're eating your bowl of cereal. While you're cooking. Who knows, dude? Just turn it on. But to everyone out there who has watched it, thank you so much. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Love after, all of you. Love all of you. After you get done watching Catalina's Curse, go ahead and watch my film, Like a Surgeon. It's on the YouTube channel and the website as well. And after you know that, go ahead and have yourself a full Galaxy of Film Marathon. Because, Brandon, you also have two short films on our YouTube channel currently and website. I do, yes. Uh, one is, I believe, called Knock Knock. Um, it was a it was um, one of two short move uh, films that I did uh, during college, and I also did one. I wish I would. I wish I could remember the name of it at the top of my head. But also, <laughs> please Come go watch on, that. man. Oh, it was called yeah. One Day. One Day. It was you, called One Day. You are you are selling it. Come on, man. You got those mics I in you. I am a salesman. <laughs> um, believe uh, me. Um, so yeah, they're uh, one's called One Day. And the other one is called Knock Knock. Please go watch those on the Galaxy of Film YouTube channel. I, um, I would appreciate it if you did. Also, please, also, yes, yeah, I know we've said it already. Definitely do watch Danilo's Catalina's Curse short film. Um, I was there uh, when he first started working on it. Uh, he put so much passion into this project. Um, and I know, I hope he does great things with this short film. I know um, I've seen it. It's really good. Definitely, please. I highly recommend it. Go watch it. Absolutely, Thank you, man. Thank you. And that's funny, dude. Brandon was actually the first one who was there, dude. We sat next together in class. I, I know. Him, yeah. I said, we were, Brandon, I wrote this in, uh, in about two days. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Uh, we were editing it about the same time, uh, our last videos before we graduated. So uh, We did. Yeah, dude. We spent some late nights out in, what was it? What was that hall called? Um. West was, Hall, uh, Hannah Hall, actually. I think it was Hannah Hall. Hall. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I remember we we met up there a few times. It was like late at night, dude, and we were out there editing. So that was a good time, man. That was a good time. Oh yeah, you definitely yeah, definitely put in a lot of work into that, um, the way you wanted it. So yeah, yeah I great watch, great watch. Shout out to Oakland University. Shout Absolutely, out to man. Oakland University. Absolutely, guys. Stay tuned for more. Go ahead and hit subscribe. I got my next short film I'm in production for as well, Distinguished. That's coming out soon. Can't wait to shoot that in the next couple weeks. Uh, we're talking John Wick next week on the show. Obviously, we talk Shazam this week. If you're watching this live, that drops tomorrow for you guys. However, if you're listening to the podcast on Thursdays, one of our early morning listeners, shout out to you, Harold. Um, yeah, that LFG is already out. So check it out, guys. Why not? Go ahead and spend some time with us. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook, all at Galaxy of Film. Join the Facebook fan club titled the Galaxy of Film Fan Group. Our buddy Shamim runs that. He's our director of fan relations. Shout out to you. Um, yeah, man. He does a lot for us promotion-wise and helping spread the word of Galaxy of Film, man. It's a good shit we got going on. But also, if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and please consider leaving us an iTunes and Spotify review. It truly does help with the show much more than you can imagine. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. I think Easter soon, man. It's a couple weeks. Yeah.